All right. Um, lots of good stuff coming up today. I, um, I just got back from some holiday time and really needed it. It was, it was definitely worth it. And uh, um, my hope is that I have learned a few things. So I want to share some of that with you. So give me one sec to get this share screen correctly to its spot. Where'd I put it? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Give me one sec. Where's my screen? There it is. Okay. Share screen. Here we go. All right. So today's message is called Stop the World. I want to get off. So yikes. Um, so uh, by the way, I had to switch microphones. I didn't realize my mic was off. So hopefully my audio is better than I was at the beginning of our, our, our time today. So stop the world. I want to get off. It's okay to pause and mend our soul. Um, the reason I want to kind of walk through this topic is because I am not alone. I know that most of us are wrestling with the uh, growing anxiety in our communities, in our world. And so uh, hopefully this will be a bit of an encouragement. So a couple of things that I've uh, enjoyed um, are on my holidays or th a couple of things that uh, my holiday taught me were these. First, I didn't, there were times where I didn't even worry about COVID-19. For a number of days, the place I was at, there was no one around. Lori and I went for a walk on a, you know, gravel road. There's nobody there except mosquitoes and deer flies. But um, either way, there were, there were times by being away, we didn't catch the constant barrage of um, uh, being aware, oh, are we too close to that person? Um, we didn't worry about mask issues. Uh, that was, that was pretty clear. You know, I didn't, I didn't know if our, um, um, well, we didn't need masks at the cottage we were at, but when we went into the community, that's the soonest we saw mask issues. And that was, that was very interesting. Um, we really didn't follow the news that much. Uh, we even said uh, at different times of the day, okay, no talk about COVID for a few hours. So it was good. You know, we didn't look up stories per se. Um, it was very relaxing. So that was good. Um, a change of schedule is good for the soul. I, I did notice that, that while not everybody can get away, uh, changing your routine that will build in um, ways to think differently and to focus on other things. Uh oh, did I spell check something? Oh, no, that was, <laughs> sorry, I misread that. Sorry, Joan. <laughs> Just half reading because I got ADHD. I can do two things at once sometimes or back to back really fast. So anyway, back to this uh, um, talk of things I've learned. Um, changing your schedule can, can make a big difference. I had a number of weeks off, but I, I was surprised at how long it took to, to change my inside energy pattern. Um, the, the intensity of how I was thinking, where my mind naturally went. I had all these categories that I had to deal with day to day uh, while I'm at work. But getting away forced, forced some changes. Lori and I had a chance to go kayaking every night. You know, there's a dock at, at the cottage we were at. And we went on a beautiful, really small, shallow lake. And it was really refreshing just to go out and paddle, you know, distraction. It was good. So I thought, I've, okay, what, what can we learn from this? So here are some uh, uh, things I want to, um, I, I noticed over the last number of weeks um, from conversations with you, um, from conversations with 
people around me in my community. Um, these are some of the things I'm observing and it's likely the same as, uh, as what you have seen. So tell me if you recognize this. Anxiety and stress is rising. That's clear to me. I'm, I'm seeing it in others. I'm having conversations with people who um, want to chat through that and how to balance that stress. And so, trust me, I don't have it mastered, but I'm observing it and I'm becoming more and more aware of it. Conspiracy theories. Yep, I said it. Uh, there are so many out there. And these can be distracting and confusing. Um, there are people who say there's no virus. There are some say no masks should be required. There are some say the government is taking too much control. Some say blah, 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 blah. At your list. Doesn't matter. I'm not speaking for or against these. I'm saying that these are contributing factors to our growing anxiety and stress and is robbing you of peace. If you're constantly reading stories, um, these feeds in, uh, on Facebook uh, from people or, or reading um, whatever you get from the news, depending what channel you listen to, um, there are all these theories coming out and ideas and new studies and the professionals say this and the, you know, anyway, you can get really sidetracked. In fact, I, I got opinions on all this and some of this stuff, but it's not helpful to focus my energy there. It took my holiday to see that a lot more clearly. Next, the fear of getting sick. There are individuals who are, are authentically afraid of catching this virus. So here's a fact. This is non-negotiable. Um, this virus is real and it's not like any other virus we've seen before. So our health professionals are trying to figure this out and incubation period, how it gets spread, blah, blah, blah. This is all new stuff. So I'm not here to argue all the other stuff, but there are people who are far more susceptible to this virus and we're still discovering what it does. So there, now we got anxiety and stress going on because of finances, you never, your job, your, the economy, the world, blah, blah, blah. Conspiracy theories, fear of getting sick is one of them now. Um, who can we believe? <laughs> who do we believe? Who can we believe? You know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, voices out there. So when you don't know, or you hear all these voices, this is what can happen. I don't know if you can see me in the video, but you get all these voices coming at you from all over. How can you filter all that? So again, this is part of what's going on. Fear of the world getting worse. Oh, and this is a good one. Could this be the end times? Can I tell you? No, it's not the end of the world. It's, we are, we've been living in the end times for uh, 2000 years. Okay. And I'm at the end of this series, this is probably gonna take two weeks to do. Uh, but at the end of this one, um, I want to definitely show more hope on that particular topic. So if some of you are being consumed by um, conversations from church people or believers who authentically believe the rapture is coming soon, um, we still need to be loving towards those we disagree with. And if you don't know what to believe, that's okay. I'm going to point you in a direction today that will begin to bring some peace to your soul so that the spinning earth, this world of chaos that we want to get off of, it's possible to find solace. Um, there really are a lot of issues going on in our world. 
There's suffering, there's persecution, there are disasters, there are rights movements, there are, um, you name it, okay? Like, with, pick your pony. Some, some people think everybody needs to be fighting the same battle. No, we don't. Um, but respect each other's passions. Um, so again, this is another thing that's contributing to the stress and the stories that I've been hearing these last number of weeks. This is a big one. Great disappointment that humanity is struggling to find hope. Um, it can easily become depressing, honestly, discouraging deep inside, if we only read the news and think the world's getting worse. The news is not our barometer of truth. Jesus is. All right? Really big difference between the news and Jesus. And we can find our hope in him. And I'm, I want to point some of that out today. So these are the things that I'm hearing from others. So if half of my calls and video calls and conversations pretty much have this list in it, somehow, every single time, not only am I hearing it from others, it's coming to me. And I'm going to guarantee it's almost the same with most of you. Right? Most of you probably have these same things. So imagine our whole community, the whole community is rising up with an anxiety and it's being felt. You can physically feel a community, angst is the German word, a uh, sense of fear and whatever. So let's, let's um, uh, uh, Zach, hey, good morning, Zach, you're late. He just t- chimed in now. <laughs> That's great. Sorry, I made funny earlier for not being in here. Um, Let's, let's focus. Okay, sorry. I just got distracted. Now I got to move to the next slide. Um, rest before your soul. This is the point of today's message. These are some of the things I want to cover in the next two weeks. First of all, being still. What does that even mean? I believe, and I know from my cottage time, um, even though I didn't do it nearly enough, uh, being still is critical. And I'm, we're gonna, I'm going to show you some hope from that. Number two, we're going to talk about Jesus went off to pray. What does that even mean? Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, don't be afraid. 2 Timothy 1.7. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So we're going to take a look at that one as well. Uh, rest. What does rest mean? That'll be a good one too. Uh, beloved. That's it? Just the word beloved? Yep. I'll explain that when I get to it next week. And lastly, Nebuchadnezzar, dream of hope. That's a strange one, but some of you may actually know where I'm going with that one. But that is going to be the one I'm going to end with next week. Um, hopefully, I don't have to do three weeks. I think for two weeks, this this one is really good because this is going to deal with the end times fears. Um, I got a really, yeah, squirrel, exactly. Thanks, Gary. Um, Nebuchadnezzar, that story of his dream and the interpretation of that dream, go read it in, in your Bible. Go look it up. And read it ahead of time so you're aware of the story. Um, I want to give that some attention. But I think there's a tremendous uh, message of hope in that story alone. But for today, let's deal with being still. Here's some verses that I'd like you to consider for being still. The first is Ecclesiastes 3.7. This, this particular text I read at a lot of funerals. There's a time to be born, a time to die. A time to tear and mend, blah, blah, blah. But there's a line here that says, there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. We're so used to speaking. 
we are not good at this thing called silence. So today, I want your mind to hear through your ears and see with your eyes, if you're watching this online, um, these verses. And you can go back and rewind later once we're offline um, and look these verses up again. These might be a great meditation for this coming week, just to tell your brain what to think. Because sometimes we're, we're pushed in all these directions from stimuli coming at us. We didn't ask for it, but it's coming at us, whether it's a newspaper headline, whether it's something on the news, whether it's a commercial, who knows. Um, but we need to focus on this word, be still. And of all people, I have a hard time with this one. I totally believe it. In fact, uh, half of this prep uh, was, it's for me, for me to learn. I'm just inviting you into this. James 1.19 says this, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Yikes. Okay. I, I almost didn't put this verse up. Why would I do that? <laughs> well, honesty. I, I didn't want to. That, that's me. My job is to talk, so I speak quickly. Don't, I don't always listen quickly. My holidays, that was one of, one of the lessons I learned in that first week, was uh, my need to listen better, listen to my family better, uh, instead of jumping in. And, and I have to learn to change my pattern, because I don't know, if you're anything like me, there's only a few of you that are, uh, in the sense that we react and not listen. We don't stop to hear the words of someone process it, and then respond. We react versus responding. Um, that is a pattern I want to change in my life because it's not helpful. It's dangerous on Facebook. It's dangerous in conversations. So this advice is for me, but it's also for you. Be quicker to listen. Be slow to speak. And this last one, slow to become angry. Do some of you become angry quickly? Uh, there's a lesson here for you. And it's not from me. It's from the Holy Spirit to you. So I'm, I'm, I'm not the one who does the convincing. The Holy Spirit does. So take that to heart. That's a really good one. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. I don't know about you, but I like to help God out all the time. Good morning, Cecil. Good to see you there, buddy. Um, I like to help God out. You know, hey, God, I'm going to pray for this thing to happen. Then I jump into my to-do list to make it happen. Oh, my goodness. God doesn't need your help with anything, like anything. He wants us to participate with him out of our knowing him, not in order to do something for him. Our relationship is paramount. So sometimes. Be still instead of run ahead. Again, can you see how this is speaking just me? <laughs> some, some people at Hope Fellowship have said, you speak directly to, it's if like you're speaking right to me. Well, I'm speaking to me right now. So, oh my goodness. 
And I hope I get done the still section fast because this is uncomfortable. Psalm 4610. This is where some of you uh, were probably certain I was going to go. So I've got this verse from Psalm 4610 from a couple translations. You'll like this. Cease striving and know that I am God. All right. Be still and know that I'm God is the one most of us are familiar with. The message translation says, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. There's a message for North America right now, especially that politics part. Absolutely. You just need to step out of the traffic. And that might mean the news cycle traffic. That might mean uh, put your phone down and not look at it constantly to see if you're getting a message. I have learned to do that a lot more, and I'm really pleased with that. Here's from uh, the Passion Translation. Same verse, be still and know that I'm God. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I love that. That word, uh, be still, has to do with relax. That's the root word in the Septuagint. Um, it's, uh, uh, it means relax, chill, surrender your anxiety, be silent. I can't believe how much we're striving in our own effort day to day. Next. Um, Psalm 37, 7 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not over the one who prospers in his way over the man who carries out evil devices. This one I almost didn't put in either, but this is important. This one we got to take a look at. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in this way. Don't get all bent out of shape over these evildoers, these ones who are displaying horrific decisions. I'm, I didn't make this up. It's right here as an encouragement to you. This is, this is right out of the Psalms. And why are these Psalms written? For your soul. Huh. I, I don't know about you, but I can, I can get bent out of shape by, oh, another story about that person. Oh, like it, it can drain you. Well, reduce that intake. Maybe this coming week, um, choose a time of day every day for five days that you're not going to listen to any news or anything. Choose an hour. Just start with an hour. If you can't do that, do a half an hour. You'll be surprised. This takes longer than you think, and it has to be intentional. Huh. Psalm 62.5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Our soul can get restless. We can worry a lot. We can think and ponder what's going to happen in the future. Are we going to be okay? Our finances are going to be fine? Are our kids going to be okay? What's going to happen in the school year? Oh, no. What, what's the political um, world going to look like uh, in the next couple of months? Like, yeah, we can, we can make our list. I gave you the list at the beginning of the things that are in our faces. But our soul needs to what? Wait in silence. Huh. Job 6.24, teach me and I will be silent. Make me understand how I've gone astray. 
Well, let me suggest we've gone astray in our thinking. We've gone astray and created and carved out a new road. It, it now has deep ruts in it uh, of uh, patterns of thinking. And we, we don't even know we're in a rut. But maybe we need to ask God, teach me, and I will be silent. I love how it says, and I will be silent. I'm wondering if we stop to be taught, that's when silence begins. Next one, Isaiah 32, 17. These are the last two verses on be still. Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness is peace. And the result of righteousness is quietness and confidence forever. Now, the work of righteousness is not talking about the work of man, that we have to work for it or... Um, uh, there's something involved in, in that kind of work. The righteousness fruit, the fruit of righteousness is peace. Those who are walking in peace tend to exhibit that they are internally resting in the righteousness of God. They may not even realize they're doing it. Some have learned this habit of, of contemplation, meditation, and now they just, they don't react as quickly. They respond. <laughs> Same thing we talked about recently. First Thessalonians 4.11. To aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you. Again, this one I almost didn't show either because it could sound like I'm telling people, mind your own business. You can, you can use this as a clobber verse for people and say, well, the Bible says, well, Listen, if you're going to be a person that says the Bible says as a, uh, as a baseball club and try and win a battle of Bible verses, just put your Bible down. It's useless to you. This is talking about the intent of our lives. Here, I'll give you an example. Those of you who are on Facebook, you'll know this. Um, there are certain individuals on Facebook whose dominant characteristic is confrontation. Um, one who likes to stir the pot, uh, wants to uh, cause arguments constantly. Uh, they're, they're not there to, be, to, um, to listen. They're there to give their opinions. Um, that's their pattern. Well, my question is, what's yours? Well, I'm not on Facebook. Okay, then let me tell you this at your workplace or in your own church, wherever you, when you meet with people, whenever that opens up or has opened, whatever. Um, there are certain person, people that are known for either being encouragers. They're, they're people you're drawn to and they're people that you're repelled from. They're just always negative. They're always got, they never have a positive word to say. When, we ha when you have a, a group meeting, you just cringe when they stand up to give their opinion because you know it's going to be negative. <laughs> You know those people. You've got them in your mind. Well, in 1 Thessalonians, there's a really powerful encouragement that says live quietly. Mind your own business. Mind your own affairs. Work with your hands. Uh, the Young's literal translation says this. And this is, the reason I put this in is because there's a whole new meaning here. And to study to be quiet and do your own business and work with your own hands to study, to be quiet. Do you know it's work to be silent? It's going to be work to learn how to meditate. 
I've got a lot of work ahead of me. So do most of you. Because it's, it's not natural to slow down and focus on meditation, contemplation, on good things. Um, this is a big one. Uh, I'm looking at the clock and I'm going to see if I can get through these next ones. Recipe for your soul. I hope that be still part was good. That may just be enough for you today. I don't know. Um, but I want to talk about Jesus going off to pray. I'll do this real quick. There's, there's six points I want to make, um, and, and they're pretty big. But part of being still might mean to go off to pray. Um, I'm not much into that. Um, I'm not much into that idea of what would Jesus do and try and copy that. It's like the bumper sticker or bracelet, the well-intentioned one. It, it was well-intentioned. But we're not called to do what Jesus, what Jesus did per se. But he did model some good things. And one of them, I think, I think the best answer to what would Jesus do is the abiding, that Jesus abided in the Father. That's the one thing. And hopefully that will draw us to some positive things we see in his life and find out why he did them. And Jesus went off to pray a lot. Why did he do it? So let's take a look at six reasons why Jesus went off to pray. And maybe we can learn something from it. This is not a prescription. Uh, this is uh, for your soul, and if one or two of these hit you, that will draw you towards um, more stillness times, great, then do it. So Jesus went off to pray. First reason, he was preparing for a major task. In Luke 4, um, we see the story of Jesus being baptized. He then goes out uh, to be tempted, spends 40 days praying in the wilderness. His public ministry began after this. It began after a major prayer time, a major union time with his papa. That's a good reason to go pray. You want, you want a list of why pray? This is going to be the same list. It's a great one. Um, he, he went off to pray to recharge. Some of us don't recharge. I was speaking with someone recently, and in our discussions, I realized my holiday time, I needed it more than I knew, and I, I probably need more. So I have to find ways to change my schedule to not allow the conflicts of this world, the stresses of work, to rob my soul of being the true me. Because I have a hunch that sometimes the, the stuff that comes out of me in activity, action, tone, um, comes from the stress built up, not from the true me. And unfortunately, that's what sometimes people see or my family sees. And I'd like to make an intentional change in that. I want to be a little more fun. Uh, uh, I, I want my response to not be a reaction uh, more often. Anyway, I'm preaching to myself here. So Jesus had to recharge. Uh, in Mark 6, by the way, I got these points from a guy named uh, Ward Cushman. I didn't make these up. I just uh, saw them and said, this is a great list. So I'm, I'm borrowing them from from Ward. Don't know who he is, but these are great points. I just don't want to make it look like I, I was making these up. I don't, I have to give the credit to where it's due when I know where the content's from. So Jesus had to recharge. He sent the 12 disciples out to do ministry. Then they returned. He encouraged them to rest from people and work. Absolutely. This is, this is a hard one for uh, those who are, don't know how to stop. Those who 
try to work so they don't have to deal with other issues in life. If you're too busy uh, working and then coming home and, and busy, 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 and avoiding all necessary relationships and conversations, that's unhealthy because you might be distracting yourself from having the most meaningful conversations you need to have. So even Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, guys, you got to chill from work and from people. To work through grief. Yes, Jesus had to go away because he was grieving. In Matthew 14, you'll see that Jesus learned that his cousin, John, had been beheaded. He went away by himself. And I love this line. Even the Son of God grieves. And we see another story in the, uh, where Jesus is late for a funeral when Lazarus passed away. And he grieved. He cried. He wept. Uh, I think he identified with the humanity around him because he was human. And this is a great message to us. And some of us need to work through the grief and go away, need time away, whether it's half hour, hour, a day, a weekend, a week, just to work through that. Um, before making an, an important decision in Luke 6, early in his ministry, Jesus spent the whole night in prayer alone. And then he chose his 12 disciples. How, how many of us take time to pray before any major decision? Hmm, that's really interesting. I'm not talking about the one-minute prayer. Dear God, please be my wisdom. You know, I do that one a lot. But do we really wrestle in prayer? Say, Father, clear my mind. Take the distractions. You don't, folks, we don't realize how much clogging is in our mind right now that has to be cleared and, and pulled out. And sometimes the only way is through prayer, contemplation, meditation, whatever it is. And it releases that so we can think and see more clearly. And some of us are going to be really embarrassed at the patterns we're going to see after we de deconstruct our clutteredness. Jesus went away. He went off to pray in times of distress. In Luke 22, this is before he was arrested and hours before he was going to go on trial and then before his crucifixion. He prayed. He went away. He even brought his closest of the closest disciples and then still went away from them to privately pray. Huh. Lastly, Jesus went away to focus on prayer. In Luke 5, 16, many times Jesus' ministry, he spent time alone in prayer. And the reason this is written is because they noticed. So, listen, this is good news. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think this is a mistake, the fact that we're talking about these really important things. Please take time to consider being still and going off to pray. Those are two gifts I'm going to give you today. I'm going to practice it this week too. This is, again, I'm speaking to myself a lot today. Um, but hopefully, some of you connected with this as well. All right. Let's wrap this up.